Welcome to the Dopa Podcast, fueling conversations around creative wellness and turning negative barriers into positive tools for mental success. Brought to you by the Department of Proactiveness and your host, Alex Normanton. Joining me today is Nikki Gonenson, co-founder, director and designer at Tonic Amsterdam. We discuss how to move from critique into action and turn design thinking into change for good. Hey, Nikki, thank you for making your absolutely incredible home available for us today, this afternoon. Uh, We're actually sat in the original Tonic studio, which actually has turned into your home. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your time and for your hospitality the sandwiches, the teas and coffees, and just generally being a very open, generous human being. We met a while ago, I think, at ADCN Judging Awards uh, last year. And so I thought actually it would be really good to get your perspective on a specific topic. This is the third episode in the series of DOPA. And um, yeah, interested to see your perspective on a few things today. Yeah, thank you very much, Alex. I'm very proud to sit here in my own home with you doing this podcast. And um, I'm honored. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I think it's amazing that you're starting this project. Oh, thank you. So today we're here to kind of talk about critique and how to move away from critique and turn that into positive action. And I think from our conversations before this session, you have a really clear mentality on critique, not in a negative way, but actually in a, in a positive sense. But I think it'd be really good to just before we get into your perspective on that topic um just how to understand a bit more about critique as a subject naturally we're in the creative industries creative arts design architecture advertising and everything else around that and um with the rise of social media we're kind of always on in terms of a presence easily available to be critiqued from you know individual designer to a global brand design consultancy, mm-hmm. more boutique graphic design-led agencies. It'd be really good to just understand your perspective on how you tackle the subject of critique, both from a personal perspective, from a studio perspective. And then later in this episode, we'll be talking about how to turn that critique into positive action for good. So yeah, how, how do you handle critique? personally yeah well critique it's a difficult word isn't it it's never nice to be criticized by someone or something it's it's difficult but i guess i just avoid it i don't know it's it's not something which is very close to me i'm a critical person but i don't give that much critique to others because i feel it's not necessary you can do it in a different way it's always difficult to um yeah, to get critique and put to do something which is positive with it. So you can also you can also say in, in, in the studio, for instance, with our people, okay, maybe this is so nice, you know, this is less good, but I really like this and this. So it's it's uh, you know it's not necessary to to give a lot of critique all the time. You're kind of stepping out of the way in a way. Yeah, it's um it's almost like a perspective or a viewpoint or feedback um, rather than critique, which sometimes can come across quite negative. 
and can be wrapped in this veneer of constructive criticism. What you're kind of saying is actually you like to be a bit more approachable and people can share things. Of course. I, I always want to be approachable. And I think that's the only way. I mean, to, to make something or to just start a conversation is in dialogue. Giving critique is something else than being critical. Mm-hmm. Because as people, as citizens, we are critical persons. I'm not an angry person and I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to complain all the time. I think that's not necessary. So also in the studio, we have a studio with an open structure. So everybody from intern to art director to um, clients, everybody is uh, joining the the dialogue, the conversation. Mm -hmm. We're all in this together. And from that's the starting point always. So critique is something which is what I said, it's not there when we start to work. Yeah, I mean, it also strikes me that it's more of a collaborative way of working rather than you've seen this, you're critiquing and you should do this, 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 this. What what, what have you done there? That, that's completely opposite to what we spoke about. It sounds like it's the opposite yeah. of what technically sometimes can be referred to as a negative word, but you're still critiquing, but you're not talking about it in that, term you're kind of you're sharing you're sharing work you're feeding back on work and you're kind of co-creating exactly i think that's it and we are sort of a community we are critical persons critical about the world around us that's why we are designers i think that we are sort of always critical about the things you know as a designer you want to change things that's in the dna of a designer um, so we are critical persons in the studio, but we don't have this, we don't give each other critique. It sounds like a community. Exactly. It's more community minded. How did you navigate to that space in, in terms of your head? How did you arrive at, we need to work creatively, collaboratively and as a community? I think we've always done that. I don't remember it differently. Maybe to, together with Thomas, who is my partner uh, in life and work, maybe that's a, it's a better way around. Of course, we can be critical to one another because we know each other so well. And sometimes I'm sort of saying, ah, this is nothing. You know, I don't like that. And then he knows that it's information. He doesn't take it personally. It's a certain information and he knows my uh, capabilities and he really trusts me in that. And then he starts thinking, ah, she doesn't, she says this and this, it's not good. And then when it's really good, he has an argument, and then, then I'm open for the argument of, hi, of his, and then we start to talk again. So it's something you should never take personally. It's, you can see it as information from somebody you trust and who looks at things from a different perspective, and also from somebody who has another... Uh, mm-hmm. Different set of skills. Exactly. We always look beyond this sort of personal feeling of, oh... Can I, am I doing this right or, or wrong or whatever? We all want, you know, we're into, in this together. We are sort of community-based we, and we have different opinions, which makes the world an intriguing place. Otherwise, you know, it would, would be horrible if everything should be the same. Yeah. So it's really um, an attitude born out of, well, partnership in terms of work and life. Exactly, Which yeah. filters through the studio yeah. as an ethos. Yes where people just share things. Yes. Um, and you're co-creating both between directors and the 
the studio and the employees within that. Yeah. But it's a really interesting take on, yeah, how you operate as a business uh, and as individuals. Yeah, it's a mentality. And I think that everybody who works at Tonic has the same mentality. We're open for each other and we even work in each other's work. You know, if somebody's stuck or if if you are inspired at a certain moment, you say, ah, give it to me. And, you know, you start working. It's, it's um, you know, that's maybe also the word. It's it's sort of more a feeling of inspiring one another and feeding each other with new things, with um, new ideas, with things you saw or heard on the radio, television, on, around you, social media, or just colleagues sharing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, using each other's expertises because they are all different. Mm -hmm. Of course, sometimes you are in a moment that it doesn't totally fit. And then it's in the sake of both parties to just don't continue. You know, then, then you should find a way elsewhere or a place elsewhere where it's more your feeling, your your ethos or mentality. That's almost like a beautiful position to be in. And you can totally tell through the work that the studio produces that that's working and it's strong. It's highly creative led work, um, award winning work and, and work that really cuts through and, and it's holding on to that puristic sense of graphic design and brands and expression through that brands, which is totally amazing work and i feel honored and privileged to be sat here talking with you so thank you well thank you for saying that genuinely mean it um but i think for for other people who maybe aren't working in that culture of positivity celebratory championing your colleague um where maybe things are a little bit over criticized um highly critiqued and the negative side of that what would you say to someone who is in that position and how to take on board or ignore or navigate through because we talk about creative things so often um, and we're reviewing things constantly be it ourselves with our peers or with our superiors our creative directors etc how, how would you encourage someone to kind of yeah get the most out of those Feedback. It's, it's all, it, yeah, it's really difficult. It's always a balance you should, or or a, or a decision you should take yourself. You have to balance things out. It's it's of course difficult because you 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 might you know you need a, a job. That's the first thing, and it's not easy to get another one. And 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 it's you should look at it for a certain moment. You know, sometimes you feel everybody in life has his bad and good moments and periods. Maybe you are in a bad vibe for a couple of months or whatever, but if you feel um, that people push you all over again and over and over around you and you feel you getting sort of nervous and, and you don't feel good in your own body anymore, you just, yeah, you need to take a decision. I mean, you have your life in your own hands. That's what we all have. And, and there are ways... I mean, you cannot be a slave of yourself in that sense. Maybe it sounds a bit strange, but being independent is one of the most important mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. I think that's the core value. For sure. I think this is interesting because we touched on this in our last episode with Graham, just about don't take th things too personally. Um, 
because critique can be perceived as you're criticizing the individual yeah because because we're creative people we put things and ourselves into the work um and especially when you have a vested interest in the client or the project or it's um it's a brand where you want to do good in the world and that connects to you as an individual therefore anything that's critiqued about that project it feels really close to you um mm-hmm. so it's how do you navigate that critique versus i'm gonna put that to one side i'm gonna listen to that that's valid what do you decide to take on board mm-hmm. and should critique almost be like a backpack that you stuff with yeah that's good that's not so good i'll leave that one at the side of the road well that's that's a good way to tell it but it's also of course very hard um so I think it starts, like we just discussed, with a certain mentality and the feeling that you're always independent. Like you have a relationship, you know, and you feel at a, it can, goes on and on, and then at a certain time you say, okay, now it's done. So then you have to stop. When you are on a good vibe, together with the people you work with, the client, etc., and then things go and they go and it becomes really good, then everything is fine. And sometimes it doesn't happen like that, it, because other things are involved, like money or whatever. Maybe you can, you have experience as well. Yeah, money, tight timelines, um, different opinions from a client versus internal agency is always a good one. Yeah, but, but still, and that's why it's so important that clients always look for more multiple agencies to, to see if there's a click. Because mm-hmm. you, you should start on an equal base. You know, with, yeah. with a good sense, like, so this is a good agency. This is, these are the people we want to work with, collaborate. So not for, you know, that's also, that's also a difference. That's really nice to hear you say that. And it's, it's refreshing, actually, to hear that perspective of work that we want to do for a client and work with the client because of that partnership or that sense of, connection and trust yes and also because of go back to being critical because you are a critical person and passionate about something and you want to engage with certain things in life for instance certain brands or certain projects and then you have a completely different motivation uh, towards the client and then also because it's so intrinsic is that a word you know it's passionate you are much more, it's easier to persuade the people around you. Because I noticed that uh, your clients or the people you work with, they don't see what we see because we are so imaged, visual minded. And I always see opportunities. So when somebody comes to me and they start to tell this and talk about, they have something in mind, but they don't know what's whatever. And then whoop, I see the, all the options and opportunities and possibilities, but they don't see it. So it's also when you are sort of really passionate about it, it's your responsibility to show them and to explain them how that could look or what. But so in that phase of the creative process is an important is an important part. That's why also pitches are not always easy because then you don't really have this sort of click moment. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I think you can almost tell from the get-go when you're having those kickoff sessions, uh, clients looking around certain agencies, looking at for the connection. Do they have the expertise? Do they have the skills? Um, 
that's it's almost like a dating initial dating it is um, yeah. relationship yes but it's interesting you're saying within those conversations that you can spot spark of alignments versus a spark of disconnection which fundamentally can then connect later down the line into super over critiqued work where yeah. maybe actually it's going slightly sideways critique is kind of linked to relationship and that could be internal relationship with your colleagues your partners your work co-workers but it's also really intrinsically linked to your client and their relationship exactly so and, and the ones who you want to work with yeah again yeah. yeah and you know that from the outset you know that trust is going to be important you yes. know that fundamentally you have the same vision yeah. um, and it's not just about making money no not at all it's actually about doing good work that resonates with people and also it's work that you're proud of which totally is like a circular economy attracts more of the same yeah because we are passionate people and we're living in this world that's why i'm a i'm a designer because i'm i'm sort of passionate about the world around us and i want to contribute to it somehow and this is what i can do so I don't want to do things I really don't like. I, n I would never. You know, I also make choices. We are obliged to make choices ourselves about the brands or the, the, the work we would like to do. Because we have a responsibility. So, and I, and I think more and more people are sort of, they know that they are, um, they don't want to live in this economy anymore where com competition is leading. That's what's happening a bit yeah. right now. I feel so many people are saying, okay, I'm fed up with this world like this, you mm -hmm. know, with those systems. Mm -hmm. And there's so many, those systems are so bad. S some of them, you know, 91% of our plastic is still not recycled, for instance. Yeah. There's so many in inequalities in the world. Um, the housing problem, you name it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, and uh, the food industry, the tobacco industry. Yeah. It's fantastic if we could sort of turn that into positivity yeah. and try to rethink and redesign those systems. Yeah. Because we all want to say, okay, what can I do? You know, how can I help? How can I contribute to something which is better? And there's that um, platform. In, in the Netherlands and Amsterdam, what design can do. Exactly, yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah, I think we're talking about um, using and moving on from critique pretty quickly, which is your personal viewpoint and it's one of the reasons why we're talking. But even in the initial conversations before this session, you, you said to me, and it really stuck with me, I don't really view critique as a word. It's not in my... It's not in my makeup, it's not in my DNA, and I don't view it as negative, actually. I view critique as fueling something, be it a design project, be it a social purpose, be it design for good. I view it as a tool to pivot into action. Exactly, to make things happen. Yeah. Because without that, you don't have this sort of passion. You, nothing happens. You know, we can all say, lay down on the bench and watch television, which is not bad either it gives you a purpose in life you know and feel that there i feel that there are many people around me who feel the same mm -hmm. and that's so nice about what design can do because they are a community they're international mm -hmm. community and so many like-minded people feel that we could change yeah. 
Ja. We can turn something bad into something positive. Let's, let's rethink about these things we designed. So many stuff, you know, of course we are talking about now graphic design, branding, etc. But design, you know, it's a, it's a big word. Everything is designed in the world. Mm-hmm. And we also see how many shit comes out of it. Yeah. So we are able to transform it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also identify with that on a personal level. You know, it's one of the reasons why I set up Dopa. I also recognize that we are in a golden age for design and what design thinking can do to solve bigger problems. Exactly. The only thing is, because we are, you know, as designers, we have a certain talent. We have... We, are, we can visualize things, we can make it vis- visible in the world. We are able to use narratives, to tell stories, to use image and text. But perhaps most important is the mentality, the drive behind it. Mm-hmm. Which is an action mentality. Exactly, yeah. We have this real juxtaposition, don't we, even in this topic between critique, from self-critique to agency critique turning that into action. What are some of the things you've observed that may have turned into a live project or just surveying and critiquing a particular sector and then deciding to do something positive and turn that um, insight, I guess, into an action? have Have you got a couple of examples? Yeah, I think a lot of startups have this in the base of their mentality. Like Yoni, they, um, two women started this uh, tampon brand a couple of years ago. So she had cervical cancer and she was asking herself, what, what am I putting in my body every month? And on the packagings of normal current tampon brands, it, they were not transparent about that. So she thought, I'm going to develop a tampon without toxics and chemicals. And also, for instance, uh, we worked for Yoni. We we made the we set up the name mm-hmm. and the brand the packaging. But the nice thing is that they sort of also um, uh, break the taboo around the female circle. And what does uh, the word Yoni mean? It's Sanskrit for vagina. Okay. And the uh, Y represents the the female body. So that's a nice sign, of course. Not just doing design, but using design. As a tool, to, yeah, exactly to, spring, to change, yeah, you know, to, to, change to bring things. change. Yeah, yeah, because we 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 exhausted everything, our planet and all all our resources, and we have the responsibility to do something. Mm-hmm. Twenty years ago, we as citizens of Amsterdam, we f- didn't felt represented by the city government as citizens because they were hiding themselves. There was a lack of transparency beh- behind fifty-five logos for their services and and different boroughs. So we wrote a letter to the mayor and that was the start for our work, our collaboration together with Eden Speakerman to design the identity of the city of Amsterdam, which became the three crosses. So from 55 logos, we made only one logo, which is now everybody recognizes, everybody knows, which is very transparent. And we also pushed them to make their in, the stra- in their strategy to open up, you know, to say, okay, we are open, integer, and active. Those were the three core values they set back then. And I think they still count. And for those people who are listening outside of the Netherlands, 
the th three crosses is uh, a very famous symbol of the city which um you designed what does those three crosses represent what does it mean as, as citizens of amsterdam as a city well they are um they are from the coat of arms so they it's it's an old weapon but everybody was using the three crosses uh, from the sex museum to the local newspapers to um, the Amsterdammetje, which is the little the little poles which are everywhere, tattoo shops. But never, even Broodje van Dobbe, which is a sandwich shop, but never in its pure form. So they were always um, accompanied with lines, shapes, colors, figures, never in its pure form. And that's when Thomas and I said, okay, the three crosses, we should give it back to the city government because they represent our city, our people. So a project very much born out of seeing what is around you yes. rather than saying, yes. oh man, they're doing a terrible job with this logo thing. Ugh, such a shame. Um, what a missed opportunity. And move on. It, it gave us the, the, it was the fuel yeah. to undertake action and yeah. write a letter and I think that's to the mayor. That's the heart of the session. Uh, yeah. It's it's using critique as the fuel. It is. It is. And then of course it's not always easy to get there because of you know there's politics, there are people around you so you have to hmm. want to make things happen. You're sort of more eager to go for it, you know, there's sort mm -hmm. of more energy. Yeah. Especially if you believe in something. That's why you should I'm always I really want things and then and, and also Thomas and also the people around us in, in the studio, it makes it so much more easy. And that's what's missing a lot in the world because, you know, people make money out of bad things. Yeah. And that's some, something which really worries me. And then also what really worries me is that there's so many inequalities in, you know, and that there's so, such a big division in the world at the moment and that that becomes stronger and stronger and i don't know what to do about that you're right there is this sort of inequality in terms of areas of culture and society black Lives matters um women representation in the creative industries um lgbtq plus yeah plus yes um and whatever the latest acronym is to really represent that diversity yeah and I think there's a, a really uh, interesting set of creative things that are coming through to challenge um, the stereotypes, to challenge and take on those issues on in our industry and in our culture. And it's born out of critiquing how things have been, how things are, and a perspective of things need to change and things need to be thought about. And, and also, I heard recently um, on, on something else I was listening to, that it's not just good to talk about these things, and we raise them, and then next week it's, it's gone. It's actually, we need to propel creative thinking into it, so actually it does something with that insight and that opportunity and that critique of that particular section of culture, creative industry, and the topic of the day it's it's not good enough to just go why aren't there more women in the creative industry and just raise it actually what are we doing through design education what are we doing through 
female empowerment through agencies. Yeah. What we're doing in terms yeah. of younger creative talent coming from DNAD, why is the ratio as it is? Can we do something positive to promote that and yeah, channel it, that? It needs to come from different ways. Huh? It, yeah. it has to add up and add up and add up. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's process. A multi multiplication exactly. of uh, individuals, organizations, yeah. design bodies, or, or um, yeah, business, uh, design business, education, facilities, yeah. all those things. It's a combination, yeah. isn't it? And the mul multiplication effect. Really. And, and I, I think personally, it's very important to try to reach everybody and reach out for everybody to join because it's intergenerational is really important uh, to solve social topics or all these topics we're talking about. It's in very important that we're, as designers and creative thinkers, are more in an early stage on the on the table when it comes mm -hmm. to larger societal problems. Yeah, but that's we all know the reality is that that that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. So it's also an, an an emancipation in our field in that sense, mm -hmm. because through collaboration on different levels, interdisciplinary, intergenerational, and intercultural, then big steps can be ma could be made. Yeah, absolutely. We are specialists in our own fields and also important to reach out and to try to find like-minded people within your clients, with the people around you, in, the, in your university or, or art school or other schools and connect, making connections all the time. Yeah, I think that's totally true and totally resonates. I think we're, we're in this culture right now where we do need to share more, we do need to speak up more, we do need to collaborate more. And actually from that collaboration and speaking up and speaking out, we can do so much more uh, as, as a human race, as a humankind. Uh, and we have to, uh, um, otherwise things aren't going to change. Yes, and I'm very focused to the younger generation. I think we all, because yeah, I'm a bit older, you're a bit older, but the younger generation is shaping the world of tomorrow. So that's so important, they are, they are part of this. Yeah, and this is so true. I was, I was talking to my daughter the other day and we were cycling in the city and um, she, she's been learning a lot, lots of things about world history and it's shaping her worldview, um, especially what's happening right now. She's coming up to the age of 11 and she, she said to me, the, the world is, it's a pretty terrible place what's happening right now. Uh, and it, it really made me sit back and go, wow, it's if amazing. Thinking, if you're thinking that now, yeah. And I, I had to say to her, like, the future of this um, world and these issues that are going on, it's all in your hands. Eleven years old. Yeah, and you have to work with your friends, mm -hmm. your peers, the people who share that belief and the ethos mm -hmm. to come together mm -hmm. to change things for good. But you can see, young people are so much more aware now. They know about the climate. They they and they they worry about the climate because it's on their shoulder. Yeah, my daughter, she's so much in inequalities. Black Lives Matter. Um, they are so aware of all these things. I was not aware mm. of all those problems when I was that age. Yeah. So I feel that they're, yeah. yeah. And they, they have this, they're not interested in big leaders or whatever. They want to just to be part of something and they want to make it happen. There's a lot of depth in this conversation, which is always the challenge um, because we get into the zone and it promotes 
you know, new trains of thoughts. And um, it's genuinely really lovely to talk to you this afternoon. I think just I'm super inspired by who you are genuinely as a person. I think you bring a super passionate uh, attitude to everything that you approach in life. And actually, it's really encouraging to hear someone talk about critique and fueling that into positive action and, and, and using that sort of insight to fuel creative things and using design to tackle those issues of the day rather than being in the nitty gritty he he she said that um that really annoyed me how do we deal with those sorts of things i think it's just coming up to a a more grown-up perspective on how you can turn critique into something positive and how to use that as a tool to do things better to design experiences better to challenge the status quo to look at the world through a critical lens and to do something good with that and um yeah i want to thank you for your time i could probably spend the rest of the day talking me too it was a great collaboration alex because that's where it's all about eh? yeah critique into passion passion into action it's uh it's rich and then we make a contribution which is valuable i guess which ultimately is the role of a a, a good creative and a good designer most important thing that you are that we are all open towards each other instead of being critical and fighting yeah i want to thank you for your time thank you so much alex it was a pleasure and i enjoyed it very much uh, thank you see you around <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by the department of proactiveness and was recorded in accordance with the social distancing rules Help fuel the conversation through our social channels. Follow, like, share and subscribe.